Good morning and welcome to our service here today at Christ Church. We're continuing our series in Mark's Gospel. And today we're looking at two very dramatic stories where people encountered Jesus and their lives were different from that moment on. But before we look at those, let us collect our thoughts and think of the amazing God we have come to worship this morning. So can we join together in saying some words from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, So great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And it's so good to be reminded that God has removed our transgressions, he's removed our sins from us. We know this to be true, but it is helpful to have a time to quietly reflect on the past week and ask God to forgive us for anything that comes to mind that we know we have thought or done which is displeasing to him. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that we can rejoice in the salvation you have given us, in the fact that you love each one of us, that you know all about us and accept us. Thank you, that you are magnificent, and that you reign in glory. And Lord, help us not to forget this as we go about our daily business. And now, Lord, as we listen to Adrian read your word, and to Alan speaking to us, would you touch our hearts and minds and make us receptive to whatever you want us to take away from today's service? In Jesus' name, amen. So our reading is from chapter 5, Mark's Gospel, beginning at verse 21. Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed round him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, 
she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, good morning everyone. Thanks Adrian, that was brilliantly read. What an amazing day this was that we've just uh, heard read about. So I wonder, how's your imagination this morning? I want you to imagine that you're one of the crowd experiencing this day. So you wake up in the morning thinking, what am I going to do today? I've got the day off. I hear that this man Jesus is in town. I might go and listen to him. So you make yourself some sandwiches because this is before the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, I, did, I did check that in every gospel. <laughs> and you head for the lakeside. You sit down by the lake. You're just sitting there enjoying listening to Jesus and his teaching. Then suddenly Jairus turns up, this kind of bigwig from the synagogue, and wrecks everything, goes straight to Jesus, falls at his feet, says, my daughter's ill, and uh, you're very frustrated at that because you're enjoying listening to Jesus. 
But Jesus decides to go with Jairus, and you think, okay. So you drag yourself to your feet, and you follow the crowd. People are pushing and jostling, and then Jesus stops and turns around and says, who touched me? You think, how ridiculous. Everyone's bumping into Jesus. Everyone's touching him. How can one person come forward? But eventually, Jesus keeps asking, and this woman eventually confesses and comes forward and says, it's me. You recognize her because she's been unwell for many years in the town. You think, what's she doing here? She shouldn't be here. She's unclean. She shouldn't be in a crowd like this. She's always looked sad in the past, but now she looks well. You can see that she's been healed. The pain has gone. And Jesus says something to her, but you can't quite hear what it is. Jairus, meanwhile, is getting rather impatient at all this because... He wants Jesus to get to where his daughter is. I guess you would as well if if it was your daughter that was ill. And eventually Jesus continues with Jairus and goes to his home. But on the way, someone says, don't bother Jesus. Jairus' daughter has already died. So you think, oh, I'll go home now. But as you turn around, Jesus says, no, I'm going to carry on to the house. So you think, well, I might as well see this through to the end. And so you continue to follow Jesus. And then you wait outside the house with all the crying and the mourning and the wailing. And then to your amazement, Jesus comes out of the house. And you look through the window and you see the girl sitting there having her afternoon tea. You struggle to take everything in that's happened. That night you lie on your bed reflecting on the most incredible day of your life. You've witnessed a miraculous healing and someone brought back from the dead. You think, well, what's tomorrow going to bring? Actually, if you read it, you'll see that Jesus decides to leave that town and go somewhere else. But you don't know that when you're experiencing it. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there and experienced what happened? One thing we learn from the Gospels is that meeting Jesus changes people's lives. And here we read about two characters whose lives were never the same again because they met Jesus. We read about Jairus, the synagogue leader, a family man. We read that he's got a daughter of 12, so he's probably got other children as well. He's respected, he's well off, he's in a position of authority, he has status and influence. Contrast that with this sick woman. Sadly, we don't know her name. Jairus has got a 12-year-old daughter. She's had a 12-year-old gynae problem. She's had a period for 12 years. She's tried every doctor and every cure possible to no avail. And the commentators say that her husband would probably have left her and her family ostracized her because she couldn't have children. Twelve years of pain and suffering and being ripped off. And the shame. Not only is she physically unwell, she's ceremonially unclean. So when she touched Jesus, she made him ceremonially unclean under Jewish law. I think that's why she was so afraid of being found out. Two very different people who wouldn't socialize in everyday life, but they've got one thing in common. And this word came to me, they were desperate. They're in terrible pain. The woman in physical pain, Jairus in emotional pain, because someone he loves dearly is ill. And they can do nothing about it. They're helpless. So in their desperation, what do they do? They turn to Jesus, both of them. Jairus, very openly, 
In fact, like he said, he wrecks the teaching time, spoils it. He doesn't care. He goes straight to Jesus, straight to the front, falls on his feet, and begs Jesus to come and help him. I think any other parent would do the same, wouldn't they? The second, the woman comes secretly, a shaking hand reaching out just to touch Jesus. Faith comes in many shapes and many sizes. But there's a pattern here. Both of them are in desperate pain. So that desperation makes them reach out in faith and hope to Jesus, and both experience healing, peace, and joy, a life-changing experience. And both hear beautiful words from Jesus. I'm not totally sure why Jesus asked the woman to confess who she was, because she'd already been healed. But I wonder if one reason was so she could hear these words that Jesus said. Listen to these beautiful words. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Can you imagine the impact of those words after 12 years? Daughter. When was the last time someone had called her daughter? She's in the family of God now. Sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional here. She's in the family of God now. She's no longer an outcast. She's clean. See, Jesus never rebuked her for touching him, as the priests would have done, the religious leaders would have done. She's got peace at last. It's wonderful. And for Jairus, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. I can't imagine the joy that would have brought him as a father to see that happen. So what's this got to say to you and me today? I think we've got to be real and accept that not everyone is healed. Many people suffer, and I've never seen a dead person brought back to life, though I do believe God could do that. But I can testify that in my times of pain and suffering, when I've turned to him, I have known his support and compassion, often through the ministry of other people, and I've also known his grace and strength to cope. I sometimes think back to the really tough times and hard times in my life, and I think, how did I manage to get through that? I don't think I could do that today. But I don't, I don't need to do it today, do I? Because it's yesterday. But God gave me the strength and grace when I needed it. And I believe he'll continue to do that for me and for you. If, like these two characters, we turn to him. I think a good way to try and understand the Gospels and to learn from them as I finish is to ask two questions. What do we learn about people and what do we learn about God? So just some quick thoughts as I finish. So what do we learn about people from this story? These are my thoughts. You might like to discuss it over lunch or in your small group. You can add. But I've got a few things. At different times, we all suffer in a variety of ways. No human being can avoid suffering. When we hurt and are desperate, we have choices to make. We can choose where to turn. And we can choose to turn to Jesus. And we can bring those we love, like Jairus did. We can bring our family and our friends, those members we know that are hurting. We can bring them to him in prayer, pleading for him to help. And I think finally, we don't have to stay stuck. There is hope, even if it's been 12 years or longer. And what do we learn about Jesus? Well, most importantly, that he has divine power, that he's God. Last week, Susan spoke about the end of chapter, Mark chapter 4, 
where he stilled the storm, which shows he has power over nature, over creation. The first half of this chapter 5, which we didn't look at, he cast demons out of someone, showing his power over evil. And now we see it over sickness and death. There's not much left, is there? He has power over creation, the evil, sickness and death. All evidence that Mark is putting together to show that this is God in human form. Secondly, he's compassionate, irrespective of our background. It doesn't matter if you're the synagogue leader or the poor woman who hasn't even got a name in the Bible. He welcomes you, whoever you are and however you come. He just loves to see faith and he responds to it. And then having a personal encounter with him is life-changing. So may we all grow in replacing fear with faith, as the passage said. And like Jairus and like the woman, come to know the joy and peace that he can give us, whatever our circumstances. So I just finish by encouraging you and myself, whatever's happening in our life, to come to Jesus. His arms are wide open. He welcomes everyone. And he's got time for you and me. We're going to have a combination of reflection and prayers. And our prayer time is going to be a little different today. And Jane and I are going to lead us through this time of reflection and prayer. Now, if this was normal life and not COVID, when you came into church, you would have been given a small piece of cloth. Obviously, we can't do that with COVID restrictions. But if you've got something like a tissue handy that you could hold on to, or maybe a piece of your clothing, I'd like you, if you're willing, to just hold it in your hand. The woman who came to Jesus reached out and touched the hem of his clothes. She took that initiative. And today, let us together and individually reach out and bring our requests to God. I'm going to start with us, us personally. I want you, if you will, to close your eyes. Hold your tissue and imagine you're holding on to Jesus. What would you say to him? What would be your heart's cry? What is the big request you would ask of him? And as Jane continues to play, bring that desire to him silently in prayer in your heart. Now hold your tissue in both of your hands as we think about the needs of our church. I'm just going to say a few phrases. Maybe one of these will resonate with you and you can bring it to Jesus. Lord, we ask for safety and protection as our church continues to open up more. Preparations for Ben, our new vicar, getting the vicarage decorated. For our witness in our neighbourhoods and parish. 
for those we know who are ill, struggling, or in need in our church community. Still holding on to Jesus, let's bring our country to him. What a mess. Lord, our country, our leaders, our government, for wisdom and justice, to know how to handle the pandemic and the effects of Brexit. For those whose jobs and livelihoods have been ruined by COVID. And Lord, earlier we sang that you are the God who reigns in glory. We bring our suffering world to you. The horrendous COVID situation in India and South America. The tragic loss of life in the apartment block collapse in Miami. The destruction caused by the tornado in the Czech Republic. So, Lord Jesus, we come to you today with our heartfelt personal requests and our prayers for our world. We do not know how you will respond, but together we want to bring our requests to you just like the women and Jairus did. Thank you that you hear our prayers. Help all of us to keep coming to you on our own behalf or that of other people. And Lord, we long to see your miraculous power at work in and through our lives here in Christ Church. Help us to worship you now as we say together the Lord's Prayer in your name. So we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So, Lord, we know that in our lives, everything doesn't work out the way we would want it to. And we accept that. But we believe that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you are with us, whatever our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, as we go from this place... Help us to experience your goodness running after us and help us to take every opportunity to share that goodness with those we meet. 
In Jesus' name, amen.